The reading comes from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. The Empty Tomb. Early on the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. So that was an account of that first Easter Sunday. Mary discovered the empty tomb. And she didn't believe. She didn't believe that Jesus had risen. Did you uh, pick it up? Verse 2, please, Colin. Verse 2, it says, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. She wasn't expecting it. Uh, she, she thought that somebody had come in and, uh, and, uh, and robbed the grave. And they looked at the evidence as Peter ran there and looked in and, and they couldn't quite figure it all out. And so uh, at the end of that uh, reading it says, and they went back to their homes. Perhaps just to mull it over, what's going on here? And maybe we need to do that, to mull it over. What was going on then and what are the implications for our lives? So let us look at some evidence. I'd like to give you ten reasons to believe in the resurrection. Are you counting? Number one, Jesus was really dead. Some people said, oh, perhaps he wasn't really dead and he just came alive again, rolled a um, uh, ton stone and went off. You remember in the Bible it says blood and water came out and that's, I've been looking this up, was hypovolemic shock. It's an indication of that. You're impressed, aren't you? And something happens as you get close to death in those sort of circumstances. Um, fluid gathers around your lungs and your heart, and if I could read my writing, I'll tell you what it was called. Something like pericordial effusion. And, uh, and uh, that's then, so when the spear went in, blood and water came out. That proves he was dead. That's number one. Number two, it couldn't have been a they who removed the body because a Roman guard was put on and a Roman seal and, well, if the Roman soldiers didn't do as they were told, they were killed. The Roman soldiers weren't stupid. They knew how to guard a tomb so that when the centurion came along, 
that uh, he wouldn't kill them. That's number two. Number three, in the account, the women were the ones who discovered it. Now, in those days, uh, life was very sexist, different to today, of course. And if they'd wanted to just to make it up, they wouldn't have had the women being there because in those days they thought that women couldn't be trusted in their, in their, their accounts. So it shows that it's, uh, or gives an indication that it's a real account for the women discovered and it was the men who didn't believe. Number four, some people say, oh, it was just a hallucination, they wanted to believe in it. In AD 55, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, you can read it, that Christ appeared to the disciples to up to 500 people. 500 people don't have hallucinations, some of whom are still alive, Paul said. So it could have been checked and corroborated. Number five, the change in the disciples was dramatic. You remember, if you know the story, that uh, they were weak, they, they uh, ran away, they said, we don't know this man, and all of that. Now, suddenly, something happened so that they were ready to die for the cause, and that they went around the world telling people that Jesus was alive. What was the difference? It was that Jesus actually came about. And uh, over the next few weeks until the summer in this church, we're looking at the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Book of Acts, and all about the early church and how the disciples were revolutionized. They couldn't have just, oh well, we'll, we'll make it up. Something must have happened. You still with me? That's five. Number six. Worship was changed. They changed from worship on a Saturday, on the Sabbath, to a Sunday, the day of resurrection. A big change. If we suddenly said, oh, well, we're not worshiping on a Sunday anymore, we'll, we'll worship on Monday. Is that okay? Yeah, it's a big change. And there was lots of, uh, of other things like that. So that's number six. Number seven, in the Bible, it prophesied that this would happen like in Isaiah 53, hundreds of years before Jesus. And then in Luke 18, verse 31 to 33, one of the examples where Jesus said, I'm going to die and then I'm going to come alive again. The disciples hadn't twigged. They perhaps thought it was another parable. It wasn't. It was true. And number eight, sorry, I can't do eight with um, one hand very easily. It's a fitting end to his life. Jesus' life was full of miracles, full of um, uh, healing people, raising people from the dead, um, uh, great uh, teaching. And then just to end, it makes sense that he came alive again and uh, that vindicated all that he'd said and done. Therefore, there's eight reasons. Well, but I said there'd be ten reasons, didn't I? Well, there's the first eight. Wait a minute for the, uh, the other two. Because sometimes, even though there's those eight reasons, people are not convinced. 
about, in a survey, recent survey, about half of the population of the UK believed in the resurrection and about half didn't. Where do you stand? Where did Mary stand? She'd seen it all, but still didn't understand. Pam, could you bring us what happened next? The disciples had all gone home, the men had all gone home, but Mary stayed there. Let's see what happened on that first Easter Sunday. John 20, verses 11 to 18. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Amen. So did you notice in verse 13, perhaps you'd fetch it up, Colin, that her words were the same as before. They have taken him. Have we got that? They have taken my Lord away. She still wasn't convinced by, by it all. But then if we just move on to verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus spoke to her. That was the, the difference. The relationship between Jesus and Mary. Then she was convinced. And the ninth reason is that people then and people through the ages have had a relationship with the risen Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And that has convinced them that Jesus did indeed rise from the dead. And reason number ten is that that can be true for us as well. And I know for many here it is true for you, that you know that Jesus is alive because you spoke to him this morning. And that personal experience for many is a thing that convinces. But remember those other nine reasons as well. And so the church spread and the, uh, and, uh, the news went out. I told you earlier I had two Easter eggs. This was the second one. 
Who loves Marmite? Who hates Marmite? <laughs> okay. Now, it's written in quite strong terms, love it or hate it. May, there may be in between people as well. But I think there's a, there's a message here for us. Love it or hate it, a Marmite Easter egg. What a strange thought, isn't it? You just have to try it. Well, you're going to have a chance to try it at the end if you want to. I'm going to ask somebody to break it up and you can, you can try it. I'm sorry, I've not done the allergens on this, but it is a one-off, isn't it? And love it or hate it, for it or not for it, the nation are divided 50-50, those who believe in the resurrection, those who don't. I just encourage you to make a decision. Maybe you are undecided. Well, just give it a try. I know one person who was uncertain about all this Jesus stuff and gave it a try for a year. At the end of that year, she was convinced and has carried on for the next 30 years following the Lord. Just give it a try. But... It's crucial. In 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. So this is crucial. Do you believe it or not? Love it or hate it? Do you believe it or not? The resurrection. If you don't, well, you're struggling with the faith, struggling, and I'll gladly pray for you that you might come to believe. But if you do believe, then that is something special. Sitting on the fence is not comfortable. And uh, don't just sort of dismiss it, oh, well, you know, I might believe. I, well, yes, I do believe, but it doesn't have any impact on my life. If you believe in the resurrection, it does have an impact because your sins are forgiven, heaven awaits, that death is defeated, it vindicates all that Jesus said and did so we can read the Bible and Christ is alive and can be alive in us through the Holy Spirit. So, I just encourage you and implore you to believe and then to follow the Lord, the implications of the resurrection, the good news, the wonderful news, the great news for your lives, your family's lives, your community's lives, the world's life. And let's share that good news. Amen. Could I give this to somebody to break up and, um, yeah, thanks, James. Uh, yeah, not, not to eat it all, but, um, yeah, and then uh, we'll have it whilst um, uh, we have uh, the refreshments at the end. Just take a moment. What do you believe about the resurrection? What implication is there in your life?